0: Hi, it's Wes Johnson and John St. John, and we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, it. We may take those from you when we're done. It's ready. All right, so come at me, bro. <laughs>
1: well, recording, so um, I will Ooh. come at you in the sense of hitting record and seeing your voice <laughs> show up on the recording. So, yes.
0: Who am I? Like, <laughs> when have I ever said "come at me, bro"? <laughs>
1: I wish we had an intern who could check on these things for us and, like, catalog our old episodes and be like, actually, Steve said in season two, episode 14. Yeah. Wow.
0: Do you want to get on the chicken in the bucket status here, <laughs> sir? No, let's never bring that up again.
1: We're not bringing up the bucket of chicken. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. Oh. Yeah, I was going through, and I was trying, and I kept saying I was going to do it, and I haven't done it, and I feel bad. Like, I wanted to go through and find all the Comics Online Pirate Radio episodes we did and, like, kind of re-release them, but, or just, like, do a, I'll probably just do a separate stream just like I did for um, GGR Pirate Radio Season 1 because there were some great episodes, man, and, like... Oh, yeah. Like, that was, well, the, the funny thing is, too, is just, like, you know how like when you watch like a show, we'll use we'll use Friends as an example because it's just a, an easy comparison because we've both seen like every episode of that damn show. But like you know how there's that there's like a stretch of episodes when you're watching Friends and you're just like, oh god, every single one of these episodes is great. Like that's we hit a stride there when we were doing Comics Online Pirate Radio where we had so many that were good, and it was the stretch when we first started working with uh, Ek in the studio. And we started adding stuff like the soundboard, and mm, yeah, okay. like and yeah, that that's when it was just like, and like we brought Eric Meyer in, and we were basically just like playing sound effects and laughing like children. Like that was, yeah, those are like some of my favorite like podcasting memories that I have like those early days. Yeah, that we, was
0: that was like uh freaking uh, Baconator Island and and like that era. Yeah, right, exactly.
1: Yeah, Baconator Island was in there. Um, um, Robert Robert Netflix the third um yeah that was that was in there too yeah that's got to be like
0: like if we went back and did like a top 10 i think that one's probably top five
1: right yeah for sure like that was that was one of my favorite ones um i really liked the um see i really like the one we did with uh with john st john and we did um admiral cluckson's fried chicken the actual advertisement. Oh my for god, it. the horrible yeah. racist like it was, <laughs> it's not racist, it's chicken. Yeah, like that was that was a ton of fun. Um Yeah, like and that was it was that's what like and anybody who's listening right now, by the way, hi, thanks for joining us. Um Hello. It's gonna be very informal tonight. Um we normally actually we, we normally kinda do this for my birthday. We normally just kinda like don't have real like form or function, it's just kind of like us shooting the shit and talking about whatever we want to talk about. Um, but yeah, like it was one of those things where, like, I would almost say I got like a little nostalgic, where I was just I was really like thinking about it and looking back on things. I was like, man, that was so much fun. It was so great. And then like I was trying to figure out like like how we could duplicate that. And honestly, there's no point in trying to duplicate it. It's it's like we should just enjoy the fact that it was what it was, you know, it was fun. It was enjoyable and we're trying new and different things and there's no point in trying to recreate those things. And like, I think a lot of us when we're younger um, do that is we're like, Oh, this was great. You know, college is, was so much fun. And like, I just want to, I want to live in that moment all the time of like of just partying with my friends and like, you know, pulling it all together, like at the last minute, you know, with an all night study session and like, I think we all kind of have that tendency towards nostalgia with those those like great moments Um, and not realizing that like life kind of part of life is change and that things are always going to change and they're always going to be different. And what was the norm for months or years is going to be completely different um, as you move forward. And I think that's kind of GGR. GGR is, is kind of different than it was when we first started it.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it's kind of because we're different. I mean, the, the college is the, like the ex- perfect example. And like I know, like for me, another big hallmark was when me and Mandy were living in in Virginia, right? And we had this uh, big house. There were like you know five bedrooms, and there were five of us living there. So me and Mandy, uh, and then three other roommates, and like they were all like we were all in our mid twenties, right? But they were all like single you know, teachers just doing their own thing. And then me and Mandy were in a very serious relationship. Like during that time period is when I proposed to her. Yeah. And it was just like such a stark contrast of like you three are, and I'm not like judging them or blaming them or anything, but it's like you three are clearly at a very different like era of your life. You're at a very different stage than we are. And like you said, with college, it's like, I love that time. I love that time when I was just like freewheeling 24 year old Steve. You know, single, doing whatever he wanted to do, staying up till four a.m., whatever. But it's like I don't want to be that guy now. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's
0: nice that I have those stories in my back pocket. But if I tried to do now that now, I'd probably die. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Like I, um, it's it's interesting. Col- college, the, the mindset for me. Like I remember being like 18, 19, and like seeing my friends, like certain friends going off, like off to college, you know? Like, cause I, I, my, my first year of college before I joined the army was community college and not, you know, 9-11 happened. Um, And actually, you know what? That'll be, this will be a really fun time to tell the whole story about that. That's a really interesting story. So we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back. I'll tell the whole story here in just a minute. But like so many of my friends were going off to college and I, I, I just like romanticized it in my head of like the college experience, you know, for me, it was just like, you know, every movie you saw, it was, it was Van Wilder. It was yeah. national lampoons. It was it, all that stuff. Like all of the, that that's what college was. And it took me leaving, going to the army, coming back and actually enrolling in college and realizing like, Hey, that was cool, but that's not what this is for. And like, I, I talked to a lot of people and they tell me about their experiences uh, in college And I realized that their experiences in college were my experiences in the army, like those like having to learn everything for yourself, essentially. Like it's it's very it's funny how similar those two things are. And it it took me like having to do that, but then also doing other things with the military to realize that my experience was always going to be different. And it wasn't a bad thing. You know, it didn't make those people who went to college and did the four year thing any less, you know, important or you know, strong or whatever. It was just different. And, and it took me until I was like in my mid twenties to really realize that. And same thing now. Like I, I I hear these stories of people saying like, Oh, we did these wild nights and we, these wild things and this and this and this. And I'm like, yeah, that was the army. Like it's, it was, it was the same thing only like, instead of like, Hey, wake up. It's time to go take your test. It was like, Hey, wake up. It's time to go shoot stuff. Like that was, that was basically the difference.
0: Well, and in fairness, depending on how the night went, sometimes let's go shoot stuff did end up being the case in college, too. Let's this not. Is, this is <laughs> true. Yeah. yeah. Very, yeah, very that, true. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think we all have like those different chapters and it really feeds well into like advertisement, advertisement, nostalgia, November, because sometimes we go back to these periods that were like these bright spots in our childhood. And then we think about like the media or the times or the friends or whatever that are like linked and associated with that. Um, so that's always like such an easy article to write. You know, that's always like an easy podcast to do Oh yeah, because like you just, you can hear it in our voices where people just get like hypercharged, Like, Oh man, I just remember watching such and such with my brother or like me and my buddies like snuck out and went and saw this movie before we were supposed to or like whatever. Um, and, and just having those different, like, pinnacle hallmark moments, like, they're just things that are burned into your brain. Um, and yeah, I don't think it matters whether it was like the army, cause like, or college or whatever, cause everyone's gonna have that early 20s, I thought I knew everything, turns out I don't know anything kind of oh, yeah,
1: fate. yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So sorry if you're that age listening to this right now. Oh. I was there. We now, were all
1: there. Now we get to be the 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 wise older man saying I, I seen stuff, young man. And I can millennial? You, yeah. Well, actually, we technically were millennials too, Steve. Um <laughs> you ever stop being a millennial? <laughs> I don't think you can. It's kind of oh, it's no, not like you it's not like, you know, once I get into my like 50s, which apparently is going to be next year, Um, that you just, all of a sudden you become the greatest generation. No, it doesn't work like that. You're always a millennial.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait. So what's the next one? Like, who am I supposed to hate right now? That's what I need to know.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh, well, you know what? Here's what we'll do. We'll tease that. We'll talk about who you should hate right after. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Um, that's not not our podcast. We don't do that. Uh, (laughs) We don't talk about (laughs) hating people. Um, That's a whole different channel. You guys can check that out somewhere else. Um, But what we're going to do is we're going to go and hit that theme music, and we're going to get this episode started. It's Mike's birthday! Yay! I don't know why I'm talking about myself in third person. It's my birthday! Um, I'm 37. Hooray! So we're going to just do what we always do on my birthday. We're just going to talk about dumb things and stuff and see where this goes, because it's like a diner. And that's why we call it The Diner, here on GGR Pirate Radio. We are starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Broadcast starting. Good job. (laughs) You're listening to
0: GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag.
1: Do it. Do it! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Come on!
0: Do it now! This is called Pirate Radio. And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash.
1: Housewares.
0: Wayne, you gonna win
1: on this? Oh, there's nothing
0: better than a fart, except kids falling off bikes, maybe. I could watch kids fall off bikes all day. I don't give a kids. This is called pilot radio.
1: But Peter, why would they make you president?
0: Well, maybe it's because I can recite all fifty states in a quarter of a second.
1: This
0: is called pilot radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns are for jerks. (laughs) This is called Pirate Radio.
1: You're listening to The Diner on GGR Pirate Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. We are back at you again with another great episode. Uh, Joining me, as always, is the co-founder and I would say co-host, yeah, co-host, because we we share this equally, of GGR Pirate Radio. His name is Steve Monick.
0: Normally, we would do a terrible podcast, but since it's Mike's birthday, I agreed to do a good podcast. I'll try.
1: (sighs) That's all I can ask, Steve. That's all I can ask. Um, (laughs) We're really not going to have... A format, So it's going to be one of those things where I can't tell you exactly what we're going to talk about because it's like going to the diner with your friends. We're just going to see where this conversation takes us tonight. Um, I did promise, though, in the cold open that I would tell the story because it's a really it's actually a really fun story of um, and this sounds dark. um, It's a really fun story about (laughs) Um, 9-11. It's an interesting story of where I was and how it affected me and basically like how I ended up joining the army. Um, but we'll jump into that here. Um, I think actually we'll, we'll go ahead and do it right now. Um, do it. yeah. So it was like, I was going to community college. I was like kind of floundering. I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. Like it just, it was, it was boring. I wouldn't say boring. Boring's the wrong word. Um, it just wasn't what I really, really wanted to be doing. And what were you,
0: were you there for? Like, what were you? What was your before this happened? Like, what was your ambition? What were you studying? I or was it just like had no? I'm idea. just taking
1: generic classes and figuring it out. Yes, I had no idea what I wanted to do because the problem that I was running into was, I, I was I was still like in that like naive teenager phase where I just was convinced that I knew everything. So mm-hmm. like. I didn't know what I wanted to study. I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was taking like drama classes, which were funny shit. But like, I, I guess maybe I still thought that maybe I wanted to be an actor or like a movie director or something. I think, I think that's what it was. I wanted to be a movie director. So I was studying communications, which doesn't really make sense anyways, but whatever. Um, and again, though, like I was just taking these gen ed courses. I was like, this is so freaking stupid. I'm wasting my time. And like I wasn't on the best terms with my folks at the time because I was being a a stubborn, bullheaded teenager. So I moved out of my parents' house and I was living in um, a townhouse with like a bunch of other 20-somethings who were all basically just like constantly drunk or high. So it was basically like I was going to college. Um, You had like a genius feedback loop. Going with with all three of you. Huh? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So it was, yeah, we were all just helping each other make great decisions uh, for uh, adulthood. But like <laughs> I ended up, I ended up um, deciding I had some cousins that lived out in Idaho. And this is like July, August of 2001. And they were like, hey, why don't you come out here? You know, you can get a fresh start, you know, come out west, you know, we'll There's lots of jobs out here. There's lots of things that you can do. You know, maybe you can enroll at Boise State. And I was like, oh, cool. Boise State has a cool football team with blue AstroTurf on their stadium. Yeah, I want to go there. So I I figured, what the hell? Why not? Let's do it. And like my dad and my uncle, they were all like impressed because I started like planning my trip and my route and like all of this stuff. And I just had this like whole thing lined up. It was just going to be awesome. So I set my my date for uh, September 10th, 2001. That's when I was going to leave. And my dad helped trying to help me with this. He was doing some work on my car and he was like, Hey, uh, we're missing this one part uh, that we had to order, but it'll be in and uh, you can leave a day later. So I was like, all right, I'll leave September 11th. I was, I was staying at my grandparents' house for a little bit. Um, the day before I left, I mean, I was there for maybe like a week or two. Uh, and they lived in Annandale. Annandale is like right outside of DC. So like, um, where the Pentagon is, uh, Annandale is five minutes from the Pentagon, and 9 uh the morning of, it's like 8-something in the morning, and I decide that I'm going to get on the road. And my grandfather, who is a World War II vet and was a, an Arlington County cop for 25 years, comes out, normally a very, like, stoic man, comes out, and he's got tears in his eyes. And he's like, you just, you drive safe. And, like, y- you know how when somebody is just, like, hard as nails, breaks down a little bit? And it just, it kind of breaks you a little bit too. Like Yeah. that almost stopped me. I was like, damn, maybe I shouldn't go. Um, but I, I ended up starting, I started my trip and I turned on the radio and I'm listening to Howard Stern and the people on Howard Stern are, are talking about this plane that crashed into one of the twin towers. And I'm like, oh God, what happened? It must've been some sort of accident. And then the second plane hits and they all start freaking out. And I knew it was bad when they, when they cut the feed, when they were like, You know, let's go to breaking news right now. Um, And I was I was going south because I had some friends that were going to Virginia Tech, which is like in the southwest corner of Virginia. And I was going to stay with them. And then I was going to move on and go on my trip. I was I was literally going to go south all the way south across I-10, which like cuts like right by the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, Because I had a friend that lived in Phoenix and I was going to visit her. And then I was going to go from Phoenix, like straight up into like through Utah um, and into uh, Idaho. And like, I'm just listening to the radio and I'm hearing all this crazy stuff happen. And I get to Blacksburg, which is where Virginia Tech is, this is like four hours later. And like, I'm watching it on the news and it's just like, what the hell is going on? This is insane. Um, And like the whole, the whole time that I'm doing this, like, I, I don't want to stop. I don't want to leave. I, I call my grandfather after I find out all the stuff that's happening. And I'm like, pop up. What, what should I do? And he was like. You need to get away, get as far away from here as you possibly can. He thinks that it's that we're that it's war, and that they're going to be attacking DC. And it was just awesome that, like, he in that moment was more concerned about me being safe than he was anything else. You know,
0: because no one knew what the heck was going on that day.
1: No, none of none of us do. We were all just it was just mind blowing to watch it happen, and um as I'm traveling across the country, like I'm just, I'm going into all these different spots and cities and I'm talking to people. And like, at one point I'm in, I want to say I'm in like Arkansas and I stopped for the night and the lady's like, Oh, you have a Virginia's driver's license. I was like, yeah. And she's like, where in Virginia? I was like, We're right outside of DC. She goes, Oh my God. And I told her, it was like, I left right as this was happening. And she was like, Oh my god!" I, I don't know what I would do. I would turn around and go back to be with my family. And I'm like, thanks lady. Appreciate that. Cause I already don't feel like wanting to turn around and go back. Um, so like, it, it was just, it was like, I'm not going to get the long drawn out version of this story. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of truncate a little bit here, but like it was, it was one of those things where like the timing sucked, but it was so awesome. I, I took a trip all the way across the country, essentially by myself. Nobody was in the car with me. I drove by myself. And if, you ever needed to like figure out what you were doing with your life or what you wanted to do with your life, like driving in a car by yourself in the middle of nowhere is, is an interesting way to figure out what's really going on in your head. Um, cause you really with just you and your own thoughts, you, you really get to tackle some stuff that you've probably never really thought of or really like faced yourself. Um, I ended up getting to Arizona. I stayed with my friend, Amanda, and like her, her, her parents were just, they were so awesome. They let me stay they let, I stayed there for like a week in Arizona. Like I didn't even really need to, but I ended up staying there that uh, for almost a week. Cause they just, they felt bad for me, but they were like, oh, you're such a nice kid. You know, you can stay here as long as you need. And I mean, it was cool. Arizona was, was awesome. Phoenix was a really cool city. Um, yeah, it was just, it was an interesting thing. And like side note, they had a, a, a pet wiener dog named Frank um who apparently of course you uh, do yeah yeah, right yeah exactly um who doesn't like anybody was what i was told and this dog fell in love with me like he was like my best friend like he slept on my feet he would like keep my feet warm at night (laughs) and then like when i would try to get up he would growl at me and i was like all right frank i'll i'll just stay right here thanks like it was it was cool man and then like i ended up getting to idaho and um just like all sorts of cra- I think I told you that story about like how I uh was lost in Utah and um parked my car on the side of what I thought was the road and it turned out it was in the middle of a cow pa- pasture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was that was this road trip, yeah. Um and then like I went from Utah like into Idaho, got to Idaho. Um and like my my cousins and I, we just like If I was going to give you the this the the version that makes me look like the big hero i would be like i couldn't stay away from the east coast i had to go home after what had happened to my home now nah, that's bullshit that's not what happened um i was there and i was gonna stay as long as i possibly could and i ended up getting in a fight with my cousins and um essentially they more or less like kicked me out and i called my grandmother um like my mom's mom who was like the, the coolest lady ever um And I asked her if she would wire me the money to get me home. And she did. And I got to do the road trip all over again um, a (laughs) a month after I had done the first ones. Um, Except I went a different route this time. I went north and I stayed like I went through like Nebraska, which, by the way, if you ever have the choice of choosing to go north, don't do it. Um, Because Wyoming, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, they all look exactly the same. Um, It was the most boring, like two days of driving I've ever had in my life. Um, Texas, and Arizona, and Arkansas, and Louisiana, and and Utah. Those are all like dynamic states. They look different. There's different terrain. There's cool things to see. There ain't shit in Wyoming, man. And same thing with Nebraska. There's nothing in Nebraska. It was just cornfields. And like, it was, there, there was nothing there. It was the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. And I got home. It was like, yeah, I still remember it was, it was, it was exactly 30 days after 9-11 happened. And as soon as I got home, my mom was like, well, cause she was pissed at me to begin with, but like, she was like, well, what are you going to do with your life? And I was like, I don't know. Give me a day. And she got up for work. And while she was at work, I drove over to the recruiter's office and I was like, I want to join the army. And that was, it was one of those things that had been sitting in my head the whole time. I was like, I really feel like I should do something.
0: Yeah that's what I wanted to ask like how did you go from A to B you know what I mean like cuz obviously there's this like huge momentous occasion that you know kind of made everyone sit back and think but you had the added compound, like compounding interest version of that where it's like you had that moment where you're sitting there thinking about it the same way everyone else was but nothing else really during your trip You know, just how that's your life and it's affecting you and you're going through everything like how what was that kind of thing that made you go like, I need to be on America's side right now and, and, you know, enlist.
1: It was a combination of of things. It was that like I mean, that weighed on me heavily because like every place I stopped, I would grab a newspaper. And then, like, when I would, like, get ready, because, like, a, a few nights I ended up staying in hotel rooms, but I burned through my money really, really quickly. So I started sleeping in, like, um, rest stops. I would just, I would lock all my doors. I would grab my comforter that I had in the back of my of my 82 Volvo station wagon, which, by the way, um, let me give a shining endorsement to the folks at Volvo. If you're going to do a cross-country road trip, the Volvo station wagon is the way to go, because that thing is indestructible. And it drove all the way from Virginia to Idaho and then turned around and went back. And that thing was still running. Like it's probably still running to this day. Um, but like it just, I i would read through these, these stories and they were just, they were gut wrenching and I got home. Like I kind of fucked up, you know? And I was like, I have to do something to atone for myself. You know, I i have to do something with my life at this point, you know? And 9-11 happened, and I was like, well, this just makes the most sense. Like, some somebody attacked our country. We didn't know exactly who it was at that point. I remember that. Right. We weren't 100% sure. And I was like, but I should do something. This is the step in the right direction because I can do this, and then I can use the money from joining the military and getting the GI Bill. Um, I can um, use it to pay for college. And that's I, – I went to the recruiter's office, and I took uh, – they take you to this place called MEPS, which MEPS is, like, where you do all your testing and stuff. And I took uh, the ASVAB. That's like the um, aptitude test to like, see, like you know are you even smart enough to do the military? <laughs> um, and not to toot my own horn, but I, I scored really highly. And I remember the recruiter. And it was it was one of those moments, it was like this moment of pride because he looked at me and he was like, Jesus Christ, you're smart. What the fuck are you doing here? And I laughed <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> kind of fucked up. Um, and he was like, what do you want to do? He's like, tell me what you want to do. You can do any job in the military you want. And I was like, um, I don't know. And he's like, we got this thing called psychological operations. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but that sounds awesome. And he was like, well, you get to be airborne certified. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, and you, you, you learn how to, um, he said manipulate people, but that's not true. Cause that's not what you actually do. Um, it's basically like trying to convince people when you're overseas that it's better for them to help, the incumbent U S military force that's there than to go against them. And I was like, Oh, okay. It's, it's, you're like a salesman. Great. Okay. Um, but then also you get to fall into the category of special operations, which that just sounds cool. Um, so yeah, I signed up immediately and I was like, this, this should be dope. And, um, it was just really cool. Cause like most people don't really have, except for like in TV shows and movies, most people don't have a defining moment that it was, everything is before, And everything is after this moment. You know what I mean? Like, that was was my moment. It was like 9-11 was the big piece. And then all of the other stuff that happened around it was all part of it. But like after that, everything was different in my life. So it was, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I hadn't made the decisions that I made in those, in that 30-day period. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... That's that's the story, you know,
0: <laughs> and like I've heard bits and pieces. I probably heard like 70 percent of that story before. Yeah. Like the whole road trip aspect of it was kind of new to me because I knew that like there was pre 9-11 Mike and post 9-11 Mike and that you enlisted. And, and some of you, you know, some of the stories you told me, uh, you know, that's where you learned about clenching your thighs, like various things <laughs> like that about the
1: military. Um, uh, that's also where I learned if you have to if you're going to sneeze, and you don't want to make any any sound like you're you know you're on patrol or you're trying to hide you lick the roof of your mouth and it keeps you from sneezing
0: you are just a fountain of knowledge on how to trick the body
1: into doing things this is this these are the things you learn these are the things you learn like
0: <laughs> everybody's like but, oh I mean, hey you learn how to
1: shoot a gun yeah and then you also learn like not how to blow your cover because you would think a sneeze is something you can't stop no you can stop it yeah like it that I just remember hearing that, and I was blown away. I was like, what? That's the coolest thing ever. I'm never going to get caught. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of the
0: fun part of the. Movie. I mean, obviously, the scary part is like, all right, so we're going to go out into this street, and people are going to shoot at you. But like, the, the fun part would kind of be like, all right, we're going to teach you survival skills. So like, if you find out that you're just in the middle of the woods, you really don't need anything other than a knife. Here we go. <laughs> and, like, That would be kind of really interesting to learn those kind of survival skills that most of us probably just take for granted. Um, I
1: I'll tell you, I, I think the thing that, that you learn the most, and this sounds silly because it sounds like a, it, it sounds like I'm like a recruiter, basically like trying to trick you into joining the army, but like, cause that's, they do, they lie to you. They lie to you to get you in and <laughs> that's all bullshit. <laughs> hey, let's go to Applebee's and we'll sign these contracts. Okay, cool. Um, but like, um, You learn self-confidence, and you learn a level of self-confidence that that you probably never would have had before. Um, I'll give you an example, and I I strongly attribute this to being in the military and why I was able to pull this off. Um, I one time was driving from uh, Fredericksburg to Roanoke, which is about a four-hour trip. Uh, It's in the mountains, and there was this really, really, really nasty rainstorm, and I had to get gas, so I pulled my car over at a truck stop to get gas and I accidentally locked my keys inside the car. And I was like, I don't know what to do. So I go and I ask the attendants like, Hey, is there any way for you to help me into my car? You know? And they're like, you know, you're going to have to call a a tow truck or, you know, a locksmith. And I'm like, I don't have the money for that. And I'm like, do you guys have a coat hanger? And they're like, have you ever done this before? Have you ever, you know, gotten into your car with a coat hanger? I was like, no, but what choice do I have? And I ended up being able to pull it off. I ended up being able to unlock my car with a coat hanger. And it was the the most amazing moment of triumph ever because like – and again, if I hadn't been in the uh, the army before, I wouldn't have had the confidence to be like, I can do this. I can pull this off. Um, And I did it and like I'm looking around. Like I did it and I like threw my arms up in victory and there's nobody around. And I was pissed because I was like I can't high-five anybody. Like, (laughs) This was so cool. Like. Yeah. But like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I learned is like, it's not so much like, Hey, you get all this amazing technology and you, you, these weapons and, and training, you get all of that too. But they teach you that like, you can, if you're, if you don't freak out and you don't lose your shit, you can probably pull off just about anything. And that's like, right now you know as an adult that that is probably the most vital thing you know like oh god we just the washing machine line uh the water line broke and there's water spraying everywhere what do you do well first off don't panic secondly like you automatically like know a process you have a process in your head and you start thinking forward like five or six steps you know i'm sure that a lot of people were actually taught by their parents you know to do this sort of stuff but like the military had to teach me how to be like you know forward thinking and such
0: not as much as you'd think, and. And frankly, um, like that's probably one of the greatest attributes of our military is it's like, you know, it's not a give a man a fish. Like we're not just giving you a gun and throwing you out there. Like we're teaching you how to be like, we're teaching you how to have ingenuity. We're teaching you how to think in the moment. We're teaching you like skills and abilities that you can take with you wherever you go. Um, I think that's one of the the best attributes, and you know, the I think that's what a lot of people take with them like back into the workforce thereafter. Because I know working with you at the place we work, I mean, it was a sales culture there, um, and you know, you kind of have to be in a fashion the same way. Like you said, you have the psyops, yeah, where you're, you know, kind of talking to people and trying to be persuasive. You kind of have to have some ingenuity because they're going to throw curveballs at you, and you kind of have to be like quick and think on your feet. So I mean. You're kind of like perfectly geared towards that current position because it's like, well, I have a background doing like some drama stuff. So I know how to talk to people and play a character. I have ingenuity and quick thinking from the army. I'm basically tailor made for this job.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Like it's it's funny, like the things that you you pick up because I was somebody asked me one time they were like they were like, how would you explain to somebody how to be good at the job? And I was like, well, I can't because it's. It was 20, you know, I, I started the job uh, when I was, like, 27. I was, like, it's, it was 27 years of life experience that made me any good at this. I was, like, it was a combination of of doing drama when I was in high school. It was a combination of, of doing improv, being quick on my feet, like, getting in trouble for being a liar when I was a kid. Like, how does that tie together? Because if you lie to somebody and they catch you in the lie, you have to be smart enough to think three steps ahead to cover the lie with another lie. I was, like, that's part of this only now you're doing it with the truth you need to think of the truth before you know for five steps ahead and it's just like it's so funny like i i feel bad for so many people who like they get themselves in a situation where they're just like oh i need to be able to do x y and z and you start talking to them you're like okay well did your you know parents ever show you to do this well no well did you ever take this class in high school no did you ever do this in college? No. Um, did you ever watch Whose Line Is It Anyway? No. Um, I got nothing for you, man. Like, you're screwed. Like, it's, (laughs) it's hard, like, you realize that really, like, literally your life is all of the things that you've done, and that you've accumulated to become the person that you are. And it's like, it's nuts, man.
0: Yeah, like, and back to our conversation, like, idiot 20-year-old Steve never would have thought the way that you and i are talking right now yeah where it's very much it's like bro i'm kind of god's gift to earth so like i can really do anything at any time and then you kind of realize it's like anything you've been able to do is because you've had thousands of people that whose shoulders you're standing on right now yeah and additionally anything you've learned over those 20 years has taken time if you're gonna get better it's going to take even more time yeah. to get better at other things so it's like you you kind of start having like you said wisdom and, and uh, perspective, uh, and there's nothing there's no better teacher than time for that kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah, I, I guess true. we're
0: getting very like you know heady here on Mike's birthday.
1: Well, and that's but that's what's great about about the Great Geek Refuge man is we don't really fit into really one category, and that that's what's fun about these podcasts is they go all over the map. You know, like those diner conversations that we've used as the as the the explanation uh, behind a lot of these podcasts is like, this is who you become, this is who you are, and this is who we all become. And that's the funny thing about this too is I don't want anybody to think that like we're like, oh, well, we've got it all figured out. Hell no, dude! (laughs) Like, not even close. Um, I'll tell you the thing that like I never would have thought of as a kid that you were talking about, like you know, as a twenty year old, you know, cocky punk compared to like your, your 30 something self. Now I never realized how important failure is as a teacher. Like Yoda talked about it in in the last Jedi, but like, that is the best. It's awful. It's, it's painful. It's gut wrenching, but like failing and screwing stuff up is the best teacher. Like, especially like you want to talk about like financial problems. If you ever want to figure out how to like not screw your finances up, screw them up and like, don't have a safety net to catch you. Don't have a parent. That's got a credit card that you can use like that. <laughs> like I, before I took the job with the, the place that we worked together, um, I was working for another company and down in Roanoke and, um, they ended up putting me in a really, really nasty bind because they changed how much I was making without telling me, um, to the point where we were scraping by um sandy myself and Jax like were, we're barely able to get by with what we had and like that is a powerful powerful lesson like you learn really really quickly what's important and what's not like we we cut off cable like we cut off our like our phones we were like functioning off of just like one prepaid cell phone for a while um just like Watching movies on VHS because we like that's all we had left. Like mm-hmm. it was, but it was because of that that I ended up getting the job where I ended up meeting mm-hmm. you. And like you, you really got to appreciate that. Um, for a while there, it was just one vehicle. Like Sandy would come pick me up from work, and um, our our supervisor that we had, um, Gail, said something to me yeah. the other day because um, we were both walking out of the building at the same time. She's like, "It's so cool seeing that you." like how much you've grown from when you first started. And I was like, Oh, stop it. And she was like, no, she's <laughs> like, she's like, when you first started here, you know, you guys lived in, you know, a tiny apartment, you had one vehicle. She's like, now you have three vehicles and you live in a nicer place and you're making bonus all the time. And I was like, Oh, shucks, scale, You know, like it's, I just, I, I know there are people out there who don't take their, their failures as a learning experience. And that's, if if and again, we're not perfect. I don't claim myself to be. We're not millionaires, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to make money off these podcasts and websites and stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, if we
0: were geniuses, we we wouldn't be where we are now yeah. with this. We'd be you know, number one on
1: iTunes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like everything and that's and it's something I take a lot of pride in. I can't there's nobody that I know. There's nobody that can that can claim my successes as theirs. Oh, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be able to do this. I mean, with the exception of like maybe my dad, because, you know, like, you know, half my DNA came from him, but like, um, I, I didn't have anybody bail me out. Like I, I learned the hard way. Like my, my wife and I figured stuff out ourselves. Um, you know, like when, when things got bad, I, 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 f- I, figured a way to do it, you know, I made it happen. And like, I, I take so much pride in that, that, that like. That That's kind of why GGR went back to our roots of being self-made, you know, recorded in a basement, you know, recorded in a closet, <laughs> you know, like recorded on our own. Because I loved that this was something that was ours and that nobody else could be like try to hold over our head. Well, if it wasn't for me, well, what about you? We We got this on our own, man. We did this long before. And... Whether it be Comics Online or FXBG Public Radio, not that they ever vocalized that, but I felt like there was a certain level of that's where they felt. That's how they felt about this. Well, if it wasn't for us, you know what, bro? We don't need you. I I got this. Like, and that's, it's liberating in a way, you know, to know that like the only people that have control over this, these podcasts, these airwaves, these articles that we write, it's, it's me and you.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and I certainly hope that from anything that you and I have learned from those experiences, like I think the most important thing you could possibly do with your life experience is pay it forward. Exactly. You know what I mean? To like anyone who works with us, I want them to know they work with us, not for us. You know what I mean? It's not a, well, you know, this is our show now and we do it this way because we didn't want to work for anyone else and you work for us and you do what we say, blah, 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 know. I, I think that the most important thing is, that, you know, when when we felt things like that in the past that we learn from, like you said, both our failures, but also our successes, like things that, that we could realize, like, well, this isn't what we should be doing. This is what we should be doing. And as we do it and as we grow and progress, share that, share that knowledge, that passion, that information with other people and just overall make the whole community better. You know, the GGR community is going to be made better if. We share the secrets of success and, you know, live those as examples as opposed to just being another version of the stuff that we didn't like so much.
1: That's yeah, that's that's a, a great example. Yeah. And that's with with M.C. Brooks, with with James Rambo, with anybody who works with us. That's that's the, the message that I, I always make sure we we preach is that this is not. You, you, there are no rules for this. Just don't be don't be a jerk. Like, don't be a juice bag, you know? That's our, our catchphrase. Oh, my God, he said the catchphrase. Um, <laughs> it's, as you guys do your thing, I will just help you put it where it needs to go. And I want to be as supportive as I possibly can. Like, we, we ended up getting our tax returns uh, early, which is awesome, by the way. Um, and the first thing I did was is I bought a ticket to uh, MC Brooks' show that he's got coming up on the 21st. Now, I can't go because I have to work, but I bought the ticket, and then I ended up giving it to somebody else because that's what I want this community to be is I want us to be supportive of each other. I want us to be um, the the type of group that, like, when we need something or, like, we're trying to do something creative, we're all, like, you know, hey, cool, let me throw some money. Like, it's not even, like, a thing where it's, like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, we just all just know. We all understand, like, oh, this guy's doing their thing. Let's help them. Like, that's that's my vision that's that's my in in the in the perfect world that's how this works you know, is everybody's just always got each other's back, and there's never any question as to whether or not those the the people here are going to do that, and that's why I love this crew because I know that we all are going to have each other's back so
0: well, and like something even just the platform itself so I mean. I'm pretty sure that 99.9% of the effort was done by Steve Connolly. But if you remember on the last time he came on, like yeah. he was trying to hit a hundred Patreons, he's at yeah. 103 right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I highly doubt that us, uh, you know, having him on had almost anything to do with that. You know what I mean? But just a platform where we can talk and people can hear his passion, ha- you know, hear something they didn't hear before and go, Oh my gosh, like there's this artwork out here. There's this dude, he sounds really cool. He's worked on like Star Trek and stuff. Let me check out his stuff. You know, even just having the platform, it really excites me. You know, it really makes me interested to see like, was there any tangible effect on the people that came on our show and did our stuff? You know, are are there going to be 10 more people who showed up at MC show that wouldn't have if this podcast didn't exist? You know, like, is there going to be any tangible benefit, not from you and me, like, making bank from it or anything but like spreading the artwork and the passion and the interesting fan theories or even just making someone's friday a little bit better because they're listening to a podcast and they're laughing and thinking and stuff like that instead of whatever miserable crap they were going through before you know that's the part that gets me up and, and going when we do these podcasts and stuff
1: yeah exactly that's that's the same way i feel about it too and like we actually had um it was, it was interesting, too, man. Um, we had fan feedback on our Best Albums of the 90s podcasts, and, like, they ripped us pretty hard. But I didn't care because we had feedback, and that's all I cared about. And, like, I ended, yeah. up, I ended up, like, becoming friends with the person and we talked for a really, really long time. And they were cool. They were just, like, burning us because they were like, I can't believe you left off Jagged Little Pill from Alanis Morissette. It's, like, the greatest album of the 90s. Like, how could you? You must have no soul. <laughs> and that was just, like, easy easy let's let's pull the throttle back on that okay like we will do another episode and we'll make sure we cover all the ones that we missed so just just chill please like it was but it was still really really cool you know like oh yeah I
0: mean, just the fact that someone was clearly listening is a good thing. Yeah, right.
1: Somebody listened to our podcast, and that is cool. Like, that's come all...
0: scream at us. That's yeah. fine. It yeah. just proves that someone was there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: I'm so alone. Yeah, they're... <laughs> as they yell at us, it's just like, hey, you listened. Great. Like, you're not mad. No, I don't care. No, it's cool. I'm glad you listened. Um, that's exactly how I felt about it too. And like um, another another cool thing is like. Um, that it's, and I haven't done it yet, but I want to reach out because I feel like that there are other people out there who want to do the same thing that we're doing. Just haven't, haven't found the motivation to do it yet. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we've ever really talked about this or not, but like, um, I mean, I struggle with depression a lot and for for various reasons, you know, like there's, it's hereditary first off that that's fun. Um, secondly, like this month in particular sucks for me because like my, my grandmother, the one that I was talking about before, the one who bailed me out of Idaho, um, she first off is, was like the greatest example of what a human being should be. Um, just kind and generous and soft spoken and like never raised her voice at anybody, um, was just kind and caring and like. Like, one of my favorite stories ever, it was, like, 1942, um, and she was a nurse in Brooklyn, and she had tickets to go see a Broadway show, and she was telling her supervisor, oh, hey, by the way, you know, I'm going to see this Broadway show on Friday, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, no, you're not, you're working. And she's like, nope, I'm definitely off that day. And he's like, nope, you're definitely showing up to work. And she's just like, you keep saying that, but I'm not going to be here. And he was like, you're going to be here, you're not going to have a job. And... She, in no uncertain terms, told him where he could shove the job, Um, quit, went to go see the Broadway show, and then the next week joined the army and was a nurse in India, which was, like, a hub for, like, what planes would stop there because they, there were no jets yet. They were all single fixed-wing engines uh, at the time. They would have to stop in India before going over the Himalayas to help supply the troops that were in Europe. So, like... Literally in the make like a matter of a month, she went from being like a nurse in Brooklyn and living a probably a pretty comfortable life, to all of a sudden she's in India, like patching people up who had been injured in the war. Like like what a badass, dude. And like she That's where you got it at. Right? Exactly. And like she she you took by it honestly. Exactly, right? And she was just she was such a great example of of what it is to be like hardworking and kind. I remember one time. Uh, we were going somewhere and she accidentally slammed her hand in the car door. And she barely even flinched. Her hand's bleeding. I was like, You okay? And she's like, Yeah, yeah, I busted my hand open. And I'm like, Your hand's bleeding all over the place. And she's like, ah, I'm fine. Like, just a. Just, You're over there screaming like a girl, like, ah! Oh right? God. Exactly. <laughs> she was just, she was tough as nails, dude. And like, um, she took me to go see every stupid movie I wanted to go see. Uh, she, I, I, t- I tricked her into going to see dumb and dumber with me. Um, and she, she was so mad at the end of that movie. We're walking out and I'm like, what'd you think? And she's like, that was the stupidest freaking movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and like, I felt so bad. I, I paid her back for that. Like I took her to go see, uh, that Steve, Steve Martin movie, father of the bride. When that came out, we went and saw that together. Um she wanted to go see The Birdcage when that came out and I was like I don't really know if this is my thing and she's like oh I love seeing the the Broadway production of this and I was like all right grandma let's go see it and because of that that movie to this day is still one of my favorites of all time I absolutely love that movie um she was like such a culturally diverse person like she would watch um she would watch operas on PBS and she was always donating to PBS like she was a she had all the tote bags and shit. Um <laughs> But then like she would also watch two and a half men and laugh at Charlie Sheen making dick and fart jokes. So like she just was just a, a very like diverse person. And like if it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have the appreciation for the arts that I do. Um Yeah, man. And like it was I was the first grandkid, so I was obviously the favorite. And like I was just she 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 died like Jax was not yet two; he was just a shade over one and she got to meet him and hold him. And that was the coolest thing. Like she passed away like right after that. And it was just, it was cool. I'm glad that she at least got to meet him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And I remember, was it when for it was your mother as well in February, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually like f- almost f- four years to the day after. My grandmother died my mom my mom died and I'm sorry
0: that that grandma was that your mom's mom yeah. or your dad's mom it was my mom's mom okay
1: um, and the worst thing about the mom one was like we were getting ready to go to Disney World and I called her and I was like, hey um, it was like it was uh, it was on my birthday I called her and I was I was supposed to go up there I was supposed to go visit her at the beach and I couldn't make it up because it had snowed and I, I told her I was like I'm so sorry she's like oh don't worry about it it's fine you'll see me in March when you guys get back from Disney World." she died the day before we left for Disney world. And like, that was, that was
0: when we were working together. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember like you were all geared up to go and everything like that. Yeah, man. It was, just, it was a, it was a different day there. Like the whole team, it was just like, I mean, that was probably the lowest sales day in the history of that
1: place. I didn't, <laughs> man. It, I, didn't yeah, it that, good. I didn't realize that that affected you guys. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, man, dude. Like, I mean,
0: you know that place. I mean there were some people yeah. that were in and out, you know, yeah. just people that like did their thing or yeah. people that like didn't bother getting to know people, but like I mean the people that were there that like had some camaraderie. Yeah. People that were kind of like we know we're in the trenches together and we're kind of like making the best of it and everything, man. We were yeah. we were feeling real bad for them I mean, because there's nothing you can do, you know. We we you you guys were basically like going to go on your trip and everything and you know we, it was just tough, man. And and I'm saying it's tough. Like we had the, you know, like it was on us or anything. But I mean, we we just, uh, you know, we felt bad.
1: Yeah, it's that you know that's interesting that you say that. Like the in the trenches, like we, we we used to call it, and like you you probably heard the term like later when they started doing like um, movies about like the whole Iraqi conflict, Afghanistan conflict, and the term got grabbed into the lexicon, uh, referring to being in a shitty situation as the suck. Like, that's that's one of the things that I love. And I wrote this in, in that uh, the last article I did when I was talking about, like, retail, that, like, that was a shared camaraderie. It's, like, we're all in the suck together. And that's kind of what it's like at that place, too. Like, you, you know, you're in the trenches, like you said. Like, you're all sharing the the, the, the suck together. And that's kind of what makes it better is that you, you've you all gone through it together. So that's – I didn't know that. That's, that's actually kind of heartwarming um, is that you guys – You guys had a shitty day because
0: of me. Well, if there's any, I mean, there there are approximately fourteen thousand reasons you could have had a shitty day there. Yeah, that was one that was worthwhile. You know what I mean? Where it's 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 for one of your own. You know? Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to say like you know everyone on the floor or anything like that, (laughs) but I mean you know the the little group of people that were cool.
1: I gotcha. Yeah, and
0: doofus probably. (laughs)
1: Doofus. (laughs) By the way, that kid joined the navy. All right. Yeah, he joined the Navy. He's living in New Orleans. Like he's really got his his shit together. He's one of
0: those dudes when we were talking about like when we were dumb when we were like 18, 19, 20. Yeah. He's like, I don't know, 10 years behind that like yeah. from a maturity standpoint, but like he's still hitting the same benchmarks. It's just a little little behind. Well, but he's, like good on
1: him. He was younger than us, too. So, I mean, that makes sense. When he when he he started at that place at 18. He was working with us when he was 18 years old. Which That's tot- Which totally yeah, explains okay. it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I didn't realize he was that. He, he looked older than he was then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like I thought he was like 40 or anything. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think he was your age, Mike, but... Um, <laughs> But I didn't think he was like you know fresh out of high school. Yeah, yeah, basically. God, they really will hire anyone, won't they? They, they will. They will. If take... you can fog up a glass, they will
1: take you. <laughs> well, I mean, it just I mean, like it's one of those things where there's a certain level of like ability that you kind of have to have in order to even function at that job. It's just like there's the intangibles that they can't figure out in an interview, and those those are the ones that actually like make you successful at the job. Is the 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 stuff that you can't actually measure you know like there's no way to figure out like how tenacious someone's actually going to be at sticking to doing a job and hitting a goal you know like there's no way to figure that out until it actually happens so
0: so we've never really like i don't i don't know we've ever really said the name or anything like that but we've dropped like we've like scattered so many hints around yeah. like i wonder if how many people who've listened to this podcast, like figured
1: it out? Well, the problem is, is a lot of people that listen to this podcast know us. So they <laughs> well, know. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like we can like put out a contest. Hey, based on the clues, where do we work? We're gonna have like 25 people message us immediately. Cause they know exactly where we work. So they're like, like I'm <laughs> listening to you right now while I'm there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In your old desk. Yeah. You suck. <laughs> you have like a six pack of uh, soda here. You know that, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, and honestly, it's one of those things, too, where, like, I don't even, like, I I don't even put it on my social media. Like, it's, I don't, I as far as social media is concerned, I don't work there. And it's not an indictment on the place. I I enjoy working there. I've been there for almost a decade now. But, like, I don't want that to cause problems, you know? Like, I don't want anybody to be like, oh, well, you said this. Well, it doesn't show that I work there, so get off my back, you know? Like, it's. That, that, that would be my worst nightmare is that something I said here came back to me there and they were like, we don't like what you said. Oh, great. You know, like it, that's I, I don't think it ever would happen. I, I just don't. I mean, because it's not like I'm coming on the airwaves, you know, and like, you know, spouting a bunch of like nonsensical drama, you know, like it's. I'm trying to remember,
0: like, cause it, I think it was down like relatively close to the cafeteria there. They um they had the big list of like. Or is like, a big, like, cork board or whatever full of, like, pictures of people who have been, like, busted on social media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking Mike's, like, every day you're walking by there, you're, like, not going to be me. Never going to see me up on that wall. Nope.
1: Nope. Because there was definitely somebody, like, you might have already been gone at this point, um, that w- had been gone on an extended leave because of a medical reason. And then – they did an investigation and they found on the person's social media, like, all these pictures of them, like, going to, like, like, riding horses on the beach and, like, going to theme parks. And I was like, oh, that's a rookie move, dude. Like, oh, I'm too injured to come to work. But you're riding horseback on the beach. Uh, yeah, you're toast.
0: Wait, that was someone who worked there? Yes. At the yeah. sedentary desk sitting job? Yes. But they were too injured to work at yes like the kind of job they give people when like they don't want to pay long-term disability anymore and they're like well you can't work in construction anymore but you could probably sit here and talk in a headset right
1: (laughs) you can do data entry right No, i'm too injured to do data entry (laughs) i i joked about that when i had my kidney stone um last year or actually no i guess it's been It was December of 2017. Yeah. Um, Whenever The Last Jedi came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I was hopped up on painkillers and watching The Last Jedi. Um, But like, um, yeah, like I was like, I can go to work with this. And like the doctors were like, no, you can't. And I was like, well, why not? This is I'm just sitting at a desk and like. I was just imagining, like, what, what possibly could happen. Then I was like, wait, I'm on painkills. I could say something stupid and get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and I think that that's what it was, is, like, I can't be talking to clients and, and telling them information, like, while on, you know, some nasty morphine derivative. You know, that's probably not a good idea.
0: Well, not only that, but they're probably, like, some customer is going to, like, sue the company and say their contract was null and void because some. Fruit looped up, you know, salesman on a cocktail of pills told him <laughs> one wrong thing about it. And then they pull up your call and you're like, yeah, dude, you could do like whatever you want. <laughs> anyway, I want to take this morphine. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Exhibit A, your honor.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say morphine. I said, "Nah, you know what? Never mind. Forget it. There's, there's no way around this." Okay, I I give up. Mr. Lunsford,
0: are you on morphine right now? Probably. (laughs) Most likely. That's that's my secret, Your Honor. I'm always on morphine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm always angry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Apparently, I'm Bruce Banner. Um, I think what we're gonna do here is because we've we've hit the lovely hour mark, Mister Monic. Um, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll take a real quick break here. Cause at, um, in about 10 minutes, um, MC Brooks is going to be joining us. Um, and I think what we'll do is we will have, cause I told him about the thing that we talked about via text message. Um, and we'll come back with that as topic number two, as our, um, conversation at the diner stretches forward. Um, we're going to tease it a little bit, too, because this is perfect, too, because the music that's playing in the background is the it's the music from uh, when they open up the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because, of course, it is. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, right. Um, we're going to be talking religion. Um, we're not. OK. Disclaimer. We are not going to be preaching. We're not going to be. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Right. Right up front. We're stating that right here. We're, we just want to have this conversation because, as you can see, Steve and I can talk about pretty much anything. MC's in this category as well. So we're just going to kind of see where this goes, because there's I think with a lot of this, too, a lot of people are afraid that they're going to step on toes and they won't talk about religion with other people because they don't want to offend anybody, which is is respectful. And I can appreciate that. But um, I don't actually have any respect for Steve anyways, so there's nothing for me to worry about so what's there to lose exactly. nothing nothing no
0: i'm just nothing to lose everything to gain exactly. let's go
1: yeah no I'm, I'm totally kidding i have the utmost respect for anybody that's on this podcast um we just we know that we're not ever going to go that route and be disrespectful we all have that shared knowledge that it's never going to get to that point with us so the idea of anyone
0: that's on this podcast like screaming at each other you know what i mean like like I'm not saying even about this topic. I'm talking about like any topic that got so heated where people are like actually yelling at each other like I can't even think of a situation where it would happen
1: all the people that would have done it are no longer associated with it
0: yeah I mean and and, and that's part of like kind of what our mission statement was was like a- anything goes as long as it's civil is kind of like the long version of don't be a juice bag <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's don't ever. Yeah, like if you really need more definition on the don't be a juice bag thing, if you've ever purposefully started a fight with somebody like on social media just because you wanted to be edgy, then this is probably not going to be a place that we're ever going to have you on because that's just not who we are. Now, as you can see, as you've listened, Steve and I have no problem poking fun at each other, but that's different. Like it's that's that's completely different than like purposefully doing something just to get somebody angry it, it, there, there's a fine line
0: and it's kind of like a rose like whenever like the same joke and sentence if it was said with malice would make someone stop being your friend but if everyone knows that it's like joking and good fun then it, it goes by and everyone's giggling and laughing about it
1: exactly yeah so we are gonna go ahead and reset everything here folks and then when we come back uh, we'll be talking about religion and spirituality and the force and wormholes and all that other crazy shit but you just hang in there this is gonna be an awesome episode we will be right back with part two
0: thank you for listening to ggr pirate radio make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles
1: Pirate Radio
0: Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> 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 yeah, boy.